0: Hello everyone and welcome back to more Knowing Wheel, where today we're here with episode 64 of our weekly Formula One show. Yes, my voice has somewhat returned this week. We'll wait and see as to how things go. But of course, I'm joined by last week's host and always on here, member Jamie183. <laughs> how, how are we doing, mate?
1: I'm very happy. I'm a, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed to be have been demoted from host after, after the offered- week's podcast. I did yeah, offer. Nah, I I enjoy stepping in, but I'm glad you're okay.
0: Oh, that's so sweet of you. Why <laughs> you you started that with? I'm so happy. And I don't then, know and why I went, did I'm that. so sad.
1: Yeah, What's... I don't, I never really think about what I'm saying on this podcast. If you couldn't tell,
0: yeah, we kind of did wonder. <laughs> um, <laughs> so is any anything that's made Jamie so happy this week, or is he just lying?
1: Um, no, really. I mean. It's it's warm, I guess. In in Manchester, that's quite hard to come by. It is warm.
0: (laughs) It is is warm. Very too warm, I think, is probably the expression we're going to use, aren't we, this week? Um, So enjoy over the next hour or so, just Jamie and I both slowly melting. Um, But yeah, of course, as always, though, if you're new around here as well and you're watching this on YouTube, wave hello to the camera, Jamie. Say hello. You know, if you want to go check this out on Spotify, if you still don't want to see my COVID face, um, yeah, definitely recommend going over... And checking out over there, of course, down in the description as well will be links to the Clips channel. Now I'm feeling, well, hopefully I'm feeling better soon. Uh, We're going to try and get more out over there. Bybit as well, you know, definitely we recommend going over and checking them out. F1 Merch, Manscaped, everything there is, is all linked down in the description below. But of course, yeah, we did an Austrian GP weekend pre-show. Uh, Of course, now we're going to be back to one episode a week for the next couple of weeks, and then we're going to do a Hungarian Grand Prix pre-show after, of course, we do the French GP pre-show, everything like that. Uh, Things get very, very complicated on the channel. But, of course, therefore, that meant there wasn't a huge amount of news to go through last week. It was basically anything that was announced Thursday, wasn't it, Jamie? And that yeah. was basically just the fact that the technical directive we spent half of last week's show talking about <laughs> has now been delayed because of yes. course it is.
1: Yeah, I, I think... I mean, I never really think the teams like changing rules mid-season, so they've kind of done all they can to put it off as far as possible. But yes, uh, the the thing that I bought my knowledge towards on, on Thursday last week immediately got made obsolete, or at least pushed back a couple of weeks. So... Yeah, the Belgian Grand Prix is when it's going to come into play now, um, which means that I'm going to be seeing a Lewis Hamilton win. Um, yeah, because it should favour Mercedes.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll wait and see about that. I think when we kind of got told, weren't we, that this direct- directive had been announced, we were kind of there like, that is a very, very quick turnaround. Um, obviously, Jamie's just said, you know, teams don't like rules to be changed mid-season. Depends on the team and depends on yes, the rules, it does, let's be true. fair. Because I'm sure, you know, Red Bull perhaps, you know, 2013, those tyre changes for the second half oh, that, of the year. I think they quite much the that. Yeah, just dominated the second half of the year through yeah. OP tyres. Um, I, I think there's quite often rules that teams do like in Formula One. But yeah, I mean, obviously we got a few weeks off over the summer. I think it made more sense, didn't it? You know, the teams, they yeah. probably need a bit of time to get it all sorted, ready for the second half of the campaign. So I, I think it's fair i almost said completely rigged then but we won't say that uh (laughs) this week let's jump in then to the austrian gp at the styrian hills once more alive with the sound of v6 turbo hybrids um and immediately as
1: well i don't think that's a
0: oh i don't think they're bad sounding still (laughs) you know after listening to them again at silverstone um
1: yeah they're not bad they're no v8s
0: no no Uh, unfortunately though early on in the weekend the hills were alive with the sound of lando norris not being happy and mclaren engines blowing up
1: yeah i didn't catch practice at all so you'll have to talk us through this one unfortunately
0: uh yeah so basically just lando i don't actually know what the exact issue was actually in the end um but his seat basically he said his seat was on fire so he'd like to jump out of the car rather quickly uh, as the engine slowly... It wasn't quite another engine failure later on in the weekend that we'll talk about uh, during the show. But yeah, it wasn't, wasn't quite what McLaren needed at the start of... What recovered in the end to be quite a decent weekend, but was really mm. looking rather ropey throughout quite a lot of it, wasn't it? Especially around a track that Lando has often done really well at in the yeah. past. Well,
1: before this weekend, they had three of the last... Four, no, four of the last four Q3 sessions there. They've got a car in the top four in the grid.
0: Yeah, and of course, remember, Lando got a podium in 2020 and in 2020. 20, yeah. 20, no, did he get a podium last year here as well?
1: Yeah, he did. He he did it might yeah. have been exterior, but
0: Yeah, yeah, in one of the Grand Prix's yeah. at Austria. I mean, when you consider the sprint race as well, we've now had six races at Austria in the last yeah. three years, which is kind of insane. Um, but talking of teams that were looking strong, though, McLaren maybe in the past, Haas... Once again, Haas, they've still had no major upgrades. We kind of spoke at Silverstone that they brought some upgrades, but apparently they weren't as big as we would originally anticipated. Haas are still looking mega when you consider they're how really, little they've done they're to the very, car. very, very
1: strange. I don't, I don't understand Haas. I don't think they quite know how to run themselves yet. Because they've just not bought the upgrades since Bahrain, really. Major upgrades. And they're still just smashing it. Yeah. <clears throat> like, Austria's always been a track that they've done quite well on in the past. Um... If you, I think Grosjean got a here in 2017.
0: 2017 got, it was 6th, yeah. yeah, and 2018
1: was their best five result ever. yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's just a track that they, they like, but either way, yeah, they were right there in front of the midfield again, which they haven't really been that quick since like Imola with Magnussen, but yeah, fair play.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was another solid weekend. I mean, you've said since Imola. Uh, Canada, they qualified really well. Let's not forget about that. Yeah, yeah. And then, then the
1: Silverstone, was Silverstone
0: they were a little way behind Alpine and McLaren, but certainly didn't do too badly. And I think as well, that goes to show, because there was one man this weekend who we always didn't see any of at all, and he was the dominant man in the midfield, Jamie, and you forgot to mention him there, so we'll definitely talk about him later oh, yeah. on I actually forgot in he the show. fifth. Everyone <laughs> has kind of forgot he existed all, basically all year, to be honest. But yeah, it's yeah. safe to say, a certain Frenchman that isn't Pierre Gasly is lighting it up in the midfield at this stage of the campaign. Talking, though, of course, the end of practice, though, Max Verstappen fasts ahead of Charles Leclerc and George Russell. We both kind of predicted last week, didn't we, that this would just be another Red Bull walkout. Oh, not a Red Bull walkout, sorry, a Max Verstappen walkout. Yeah. Um, because it has been so many times in the past.
1: Yeah, he got two grand slams out of two last year. 142 uh,
0: laps in a row led. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and he's won what four races at that track in the past?
0: Yes, yeah, three Austrian Grand Prix, one Styrian. And one Styrian, yeah. Because people got angry at me when I did my facts video at the end. Of well, the
1: week. I I watched it and thought I'm sorry he's got more than three.
0: Yeah, so... and I read it and thought <laughs> he got more than three, but of course, yeah, it is the Styrian Grand Prix, not the Austrian Grand Prix. So small differences, but you know, you gotta be gotta be factually correct with this information because let's be honest, Jamie, we both know how the internet works. If I'd said <laughs> it was three people will complain that I didn't put four. If I said it was four, people would have gone, it's the Styrian Grand Prix, not yeah. the Austrian Grand Prix. It's a different race. Technically, that's not the same. <laughs> Technically, it's different. So I was kind of damned if I did, <laughs> damned if I didn't in that situation. But we're getting off topic. Let's get into Friday Night Qualifying once again. It felt like a bit of a vibe, but... Yeah. Yep,
1: that's, that's Just, all I have yep. to say. That was, yep.
0: that was all that Jamie <laughs> had to say. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't such a vibe for Guan Yu, was it? Who was the first driver no. with issues.
1: No, and I've, I kind of thought it, this might happen because uh, he's often struggled getting the car set up to quite his liking this season. So the tracks where he's done well, it's where he sets it up in FP1 and it immediately feels like he's good to go. Whereas, obviously, sprint weekends, you only get one session versus two so About three yeah well one before qualifying i mean sorry um so yeah i I could kind of see it coming and also it's a completely brand new car because it all got totals by george russell in silverstone so yeah 17th on the grid wasn't great but then it didn't matter anyway because yeah the car died before the race even started in the sprint so yeah yeah <laughs> wherever was... he qualified he would have been starting the pit lane
0: yeah it was was not quite the the most fun weekend down at Zhou Guan UHQ, HQ. But, I mean, yeah, he was joining Q1 with Daniel Ricciardo, both Aston Martins again. they said last at the end of qualifying got quite unlucky uh, that his final run was taken away. But Ricciardo, slower than Lando Norris, despite the fact Lando got about 10 minutes of running in
1: free yeah. in
0: practice, which was kind of bad. Uh, and then further, further issues arose when Will Buxton at the end of the weekend said 2023 we won't have Daniel Ricciardo. Don't know if you saw Did that. He? Yeah, he accidentally said that. He did then clarify on Twitter he, he slipped up. Um, but yeah, apparently well, Colton
1: Herta's testing in the in, in Lassie's no, car, isn't he? Yeah, Portemau, at Portimao. Yeah,
0: I still think if it's going to be anyone, it will go to Piastri.
1: Yeah, I think so as well.
0: But we'll we'll talk about that at a later date. Uh, but yeah, both Canadians, Sev Ricardo and Jo Guanyu, out in Q one. Then of course we jump into Q two. Now the big topic all weekend, wasn't it, Jamie? Was track limits. And, I mean, we'll have a bit more of a discussion about those later on. Uh, But things kind of got messy in Q2, didn't they? When Perez blatantly ran wide, got into Q3, and then after Q3 was moved back to the place he would have been in Q2.
1: Yeah, which is... I mean, in the end, it it was quite like they did the right thing, but what they should have done is got it right in the first place.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is what I couldn't understand. The lap should have been banned immediately. So then Perez could have then made it into Q3 because he would have done a clean lap that would have seen him into no, Q3. No, but that was
1: his last lap. That was the No, it was his second pipe. one,
0: I thought. I thought there was I one thought, more I lap after it. I thought had gone. No, I didn't think so.
1: I no, might I mean, be wrong.
0: I might be wrong, but I thought he did have time to go for another run. He just didn't need to because obviously that lap was fast enough.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't actually know for sure. But yeah, Richard. and it also cost... <laughs> he actually won no he didn't yeah yeah uh yeah and then it also um cost gasly because he was 11th and yes
0: yeah
1: could have got a shot at q3 Where obviously yeah um, one of the drivers in q3 didn't set a lap time so he would have been at least ninth maybe a bit higher than that as well so
0: yeah i mean it just i mean like we said we'll discuss track limits a little bit later on in the show but it was a bit of a disaster class wasn't it from Austria but yeah Gasly, Albon, Bottas, Yuki Tsunoda and Lando Norris then of course out in Q2 Lando this time around reporting some braking issues so not not a fun weekend so far for Lando Norris by the end of Friday then we jump into Q3 now historically this has not been a particularly great track for Mercedes ever in
1: the past or Lewis Hamilton particularly
0: or Lewis Hamilton for that matter because
1: Rosberg and Bottas have been fairly good there in the past
0: (laughs) um I wouldn't say so particularly
1: Roswell won two out of three. Bottas won three races, two races here.
0: Has Bottas won two here?
1: He won twenty seventeen, and he won. Oh yeah, yeah, has not he? Yeah, I
0: suppose actually. Yeah, it's just Hamilton's awful Austria, um, yeah. and Hamilton.
1: No, Bottas didn't win twenty nineteen. How was 2020, he 2021, that? Twenty twenty.
0: Twenty twenty one. Sorry, yeah, that was. Yeah. Um. Anyway, back to back to the point, Mo. Uh, unfortunately, as we got into Q three, though Hamilton pretty much immediately on his first run stacks it at turn eight.
1: Yeah, and it was... We don't see that very often for Lewis Hamilton, just binning it with no real reason, which, yeah, <laughs> well, I think... I last, think
0: no real reason is a bit harsh. Well, obviously harsh. he's pushing, but, like,
1: yeah. sometimes he gets caught up in incidents and stuff, but, like, when he's just doing a lap and he crashes, that that basically never happens. I think Brazil 2017 was probably the last time, unless you're counting when he went off on the wet in Imola last year, but that kind of had circumstances to apply to it. Yes, yeah. Um... So yeah, a bit, bit surprising. He was very uh, disappointed with himself. Obviously cost him a good grid slot as well because he looked like they could have had a chance of getting it amongst the top four as well, so, or top three, because Perez would have been removed later, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so disappointing for Hamilton, but yeah, he recovered in the race. So
0: Yeah, and then of course George Russell, he's, he spoke high praise of Lewis all year, saying he's learned a lot from him. Uh, and then yeah. unfortunately learned how to stack it as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and he even copied Lewis in the race too. So, yeah, we'll get onto that later on. But it was very, very similar to the 2015 qualifying session at Austria, where, again, the two Mercedes teammates, uh, after the first runs, Hamilton was on pole, Rosberg second. Final runs come around, Hamilton bottles it at turn one, goes off, and then Rosberg is, like, improving and goes off at the final corner. So, (laughs) yeah, very weird how this track... Just seems to go quite badly for Hamilton and Mercedes, but there we go.
0: Yeah, sometimes I guess you just get tracks like that. I mean, it's quite funny, isn't it, that we see a bad track for Hamilton when he's won here what twice?
1: Yeah, one street,
0: one steering. Grand twice Prix. for
1: Hamilton is very. Twice poor, for
0: isn't? Hamilton is awful standards, <laughs> which is kind of mad when you think about it. um But yeah, that then meant that Max Verstappen did end up going fastest in Q3. Actually, a really good battle for pole position in the end, wasn't it? Charles Leclerc took pole. Sainz Mm. then went right behind him and then Max just improved right at the end uh, to dip into the 104s there. The only man to go into the 104s. But yeah, they were top three covered by 10th of a second. First time since Bahrain... uh, Sorry, the... What was it called again? The weird outer loop GP of 2020. Yeah, the first time top three have been separated by less than a 10th since then. Uh, Perez was P4, but of course that then didn't happen. uh, With Russell Ocon, K-Mag, Mick, Alonso and then Lewis rounding out the top 10. So yeah, George Russell did quite lucky actually to get his lap in and then no one behind him went quicker because you know the likes of Yricons could have been quite a difficult thing to get around this weekend as we will mm. discuss later on. Then we move to Saturday. It's sprint race time. Some people hate it, some people love it. Fernando Alonso's team decided they were going to leave the tires on. Uh, the tire blankets on even, not the tires, they they yeah, did on the car
1: on. Up on its jacks.
0: Yes. Now Everyone thought that was a stupid thing by Alpine, but they didn't do it on... Well, they did do it on purpose. Uh, it's because he had an electrical fault, and they knew if they left him on the grid, then he would be forced to retire immediately, wouldn't he? Um, so yeah. they deliberately left the car on the jack so they could bring it back into the pit lane so then they could spend more time trying to fix it. And then it didn't go anywhere anyway.
1: Yeah, it was... Yeah, we all thought Alpine was being Alpine again, but it was. it was fairly clever i want it maybe i don't I do know it was a a
0: necessary evil
1: yes yeah so it wasn't just them being stupid but yeah it was a shame for alonso qualified in the top 10 was it
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah eighth i think um but it was yeah and and also he had um he had floor damage in q2 or picked up damage in q2 otherwise he could have been right there in the top five i think because his pace through before that point in the weekend was very impressive but Shame for Alonso. Doesn't seem to have much luck this season, really. Um, but yeah, uh, sprint race was wiped off <laughs> immediately, and he's in my fantasy team, so that was fun. Um, yeah, not great. But he, again, he made amends almost in the uh, in the proper race. And then that caused an abort. Didn't, no, that didn't cause another to start. But an aborted start was caused because another driver in my fantasy team uh broke down on the formation lap which was very fun. Uh Joe Guan Yu as we mentioned uh yeah his car just turned off, going around the final few corners. Um he managed to get it going again. Uh but obviously he dropped to the back so had to then do the extra formation lap and put into the pit lane and start from there. And yeah. never never really gained much ground back in the sprint.
0: I mean it did kind of make me chuckle didn't it the fact you know you reported all these engine issues everyone else is lined up on the grid ready to go. They abort it, and then suddenly the engine kicks back into life. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, yeah, I mean, not fun for F1's now most and least experienced drivers on the grid there. Both of them had issues before things even got going. Then we did finally get to the start of the GP, and we'd already had carnage beforehand, and then we had even more by the time they got to Turn 1.
1: Yeah, and it was, again, similar to the... um... Uh, Silverstone crash But obviously a lot lower speed Which was helpful But it was three wide With Hamilton in the midfield Gasly on the inside I can't remember who was On the outside actually Alex Um, Albon Oh Albon Wow Hamilton really messed up quality Uh, It was
0: Albon Nailed it to be honest Yeah
1: he was like 12 Wasn't he or something Yeah 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 Gasly pulled across It wasn't Wasn't the best move From Gasly too fair But luckily There was no damage Apart from to himself In terms of race time So Yeah a bit unfortunate. Hamilton obviously doesn't really know how to drive in the midfield. So... I don't think I'm, Hamilton I'm not, did I'm, anything wrong I'm not pinning that on Hamilton at all. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, it's a he, shame. he drove perfectly it, in it that situation. It feels like every, every time Hamilton starts in the midfield, people just drive into him. It feels like...
0: <laughs> you kind of get this... Pierre's probably there going, Franz, you've seen this, I'm racing Lewis. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, again, you know, I think it's very, very difficult, wasn't it? Because obviously Gasly... Jamie didn't even know who was alongside Lewis there, so how Gasly's meant to know when he's in the car. Of course, Albert yeah. kind of just appears randomly, doesn't he, uh, in Formula One race weekends. So, <laughs> yeah, Gasly obviously tried to move over towards Turn 1. Hamilton couldn't go any further to the left, so Gasly just kind of sent himself to the Shadow Realm into the first corner. Sight though, as well, because of Leclerc and Verstappen being so feisty into Turn 1, jumps Leclerc pretty much immediately... And then they kind of just start battling out early on in the race, watching Verstappen drive off into the sunset for some reason, because Ferrari. Mm.
1: Yeah, it was a weird one from Ferrari to not intervene. I guess they want to let the drivers race, but it was, it was entertaining, but it was clearly costing both Ferraris' time compared to Verstappen. Um, yeah, so I think science enjoyed the battle. I'm not, I don't think Leclerc enjoyed it quite so much, but Leclerc did win out eventually, so it wasn't too bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there was, I saw something on Twitter saying that the, apparently the Ferrari mechanics, oh, sorry, the Ferrari pit wall told Leclerc to just push and, you know, sort of keep it clean and tidy, and they were also telling Sainz at the same time to attack Leclerc, right.
1: like to go for moves, and
0: they're like, that is ridiculous, and then you go, it's Ferrari, it's, Ferrari. it's <laughs> likely that therefore it's true, uh, which is kind of mad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the sprint race, to be fair, I mean, we've, we've often spoke praise, you know, sprint racing is kind of the thing to hate still, isn't it, in Formula 1? Mm. We've often spoke praise of it. This one wasn't bad by any means, but I think we've kind of, because Silverstone was so good and then the race had really good moments, we kind of forgot, actually, that the sprint wasn't that amazing in comparison. The only real things we kind of had going on early on was, of course, Hamilton then stuck behind the Haas cars, and also Perez, after the nightmare end to Saturday, uh, sorry, to Friday even, he was brilliant in the sprint. He kept things he spicy. Was.
1: Yeah, and we saw DRS trains emerge very quickly, um, but Perez was able to yeah, use the straight line speed at Red Bull to really just carve his way through it straight, like, really quickly. Like so, butter. Yeah, like a knife through into, butter, even, I should say. Butter yeah, doesn't tend to carve. A hot knife, carve. even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Perez... Fairly swiftly way up to fifth, but then weirdly didn't catch Russell for the rest of the race. who was chilling in fourth um while yeah, as he said, Hamilton was stuck behind Mick Schumacher, um who was getting towed along by Magnuson, who was deliberately slowing down into the final sector to give Schumacher DRS for those first three straights, so it was very clever from haas but yeah i 'm not sure Hamilton was too pleased about the the team play to almost screw him over, but eventually he got his man and. You finished eighth in the sprint. Hamilton got a point. Yeah. So, could be worse.
0: Yeah, not not bad by Hamilton in the end. We did also, because of that, see the Mick Schumacher revenge arc starting to form, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, he was not happy after the sprint because he felt I don't, he was I don't quicker know why. than K Mag. I
1: don't know why, like, he wasn't happy.
0: He felt he was quicker than K Mag and they should have swapped him before Hamilton got to him so then he could have scored a point and then K Mag wouldn't have.
1: Yeah, but then if Schumacher was quicker, why did K keep having to slow down to give DRS?
0: And now that, Jamie, none of us know the answer to still.
1: Yeah, but I don't know.
0: Mick was not happy, and we saw what happened when Michael used to not get happy in the F1 <laughs> panic, so I don't think anyone was going to tell him otherwise. No. It's Spe- true. Speaking of drivers not happy, though, uh, Albon also spent a lot of the sprint making things interesting, didn't he? First of all, got a five second penalty for forcing Lando off the road in a move at Silverson that would have been okay. But now, again, isn't because FIA are consistent. <laughs> um, we we have seen some explanations. You know, there are plenty of different reasons as to why Alvin did get a penalty here, but then drivers didn't at Silverstone. I think I understand why. It was basically yeah. because Lando was ahead, wasn't he, at the apex? Yeah. But yeah. It, it's all kind of a bit messy and complicated. Uh, and, of course, what the real reason is, is because the FIA realised they need to start policing it again. Uh, otherwise, yeah. they were screwed. And they um,
1: definitely were this weekend. <laughs>
0: yes yeah they would have had big b issues otherwise so yeah alban got a five second penalty for that and then in a fit of rage decided he'd just bin off seb later yeah. on
1: i mean fair play to him seb <laughs> I, I mean literally yeah. got
0: what alban had to him a couple of years ago just at a different corner
1: yeah a couple of corners later but i i loved alban's defense of both of those incidents was my car has no grip i just understeer into people <laughs> It was basically what he was saying. Which I mean, that is quite fair, good, isn't it? Just blame Williams. That's the sort of thing we would say on a, like, My Team Career mode, where you, your car's trash, so you're like, oh, no, I've understood and forced him off.
0: And funnily enough, I think I had a video yesterday that went live where I said exactly that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So... Yuki
0: Sonoda, I apologise once again.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was kind of all that happened in the sprint. Uh, there was, it was There was a few more things. Like, we've definitely seen worse sprint races uh but it wasn't that interesting really um so yeah it's won because the ferraris were too busy tripping over each other in a start um from leclerc and science with russell p4 which is very qualified ahead of perez recovered to fifth ocon magnuson hamilton scored the points with uh mick and bottas finishing the top 10 although bottas had engine penalties and eventually changed the floor i think or the rear wing or something as well so was in the pit lane for the start of the proper race
0: yeah, and I mean, it must also be said, mustn't it, that Leclerc was actually taking a fair chunk of time out of Max later on in the GP and was very confident come Sunday mm. that they yeah, he would happy. have the pace. Sorry, Charles Leclerc knew something. Probably knew he'd planted something on Sainz's car, which we'll talk about uh, in just <laughs> yeah. a moment. But, of course, yeah, that then brought us to race day Sunday, like Jamie said. Bottas, of course, was starting in the pit lane with some issues... Um, it was obviously Seb was right at the back as well. Alonso was right at the back. So it was going to be a race of experience trying to carve their way back through the order, wasn't it? Talk talk me through the start.
1: Yeah, uh, it was fairly fairly standard um, up until... I mean, it was almost completely obvious what was going to happen into turn five or turn four, sorry. Um, but yeah, Verstappen just kept the lead into turn one. Uh, no contact as far as I know into turn one. And then you had, I think, Verstappen leading up the hill, quite comfortable. Uh, Yeah, the Ferrari's right behind him. Russell tried to cut past Science, didn't work into turn three. That allowed Perez to have a chance on Russell. Tries going around the outside of turn four, literally into a breaking zone. You just know it's going to end in tears. (laughs) Like before the corner even started, like the idea of the crash happening. Um, And lo and behold, it did. Uh, Almost identical to the Hamilton. And Albon crashed from a couple of years ago. Uh, that cost Albon his first win. It um, didn't although... cost
0: Albon his first win. I hate <laughs> no. it when people say this.
1: <laughs> Albon's car was going to break. That down. That was anyway. the
0: <laughs> biggest miracle Albon and Red Bull could have ever hoped for that weekend. And I they hate the agenda. It he otherwise, he was
1: leading when his car broke down.
0: <laughs> I hate this agenda that that cost Albon a win when <laughs> everyone forgets, including Red Bull and Albon themselves, that the car was going to break down on him anyway, and it did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, But even so, I think it was a bit less cut and dry than that because uh, the current Perez on the outside had a bit more space to use if he wanted to. And so it was a squeezed lot, Russell a bit.
0: It was a lot earlier in the corner as well, wasn't yeah.
1: it? Yeah, so I, I felt a bit for Russell because he was squeezed, but also just slow down and don't take him out. Um, but that, yeah, was basically done for Perez. I uh, got a bit of side pod damage, uh, spun out, obviously was last they kept him out for a bit but yeah he had to retire because the pace just wasn't there at all
0: no the car was pretty undriveable uh from then on uh but i think yeah it was safe to say you know the austrian grand prix kind of had some big flashes in the pan moments didn't it but a lot of it was fairly you know three drs runs in a row i mean it makes for good overtaking i'd rather have it this way around than none of them uh but kind of just meant a lot of moves were fairly easy to set up weren't they uh, we mm. did though see early on Mick Schumacher lap four re-jump Lewis, so Haas clearly were able to fire up their tyres really well. And we also just... made
1: a mistake into one actually. I don't know if you saw that. Yes, but he he yeah. went over the the sausage curve on the outside, um, which he did in 2019 as well. I had to change the wing, and he did it in 2017 and I had to change the wing as well. Possibly, so I think Possibly. definitely 19. Maybe the other one's wrong, but yeah, either way, he's not very good at turn one Austria.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, then of course things got spicy up towards the front. After we all thought, you know, this was just going to be a Max Verstappen show all weekend, Charles yeah. Leclerc went ah, ah ah and suddenly sent it on Max on just lap 12 and took the lead. Yeah, and we it really was did really you see a weird. momentum shift.
1: Yeah, because you saw the, the few laps before that, Leclerc was chilling in DRS and wasn't close enough to make a move um because he kept like faking one to turn three inside and stuff and then it wouldn't come off but this time on lap 12 he just didn't he stayed behind max and then that gave him obviously he can stay closer through the corner because he's on the right line and then it sort of caught verstappen unawares which we don't see often from max but he was definitely caught napping i think into turn four um the club just went on the inside and that was it and then he just drove off so yeah red bull didn't seem to have the pace that we expected which is a shame yeah, I mean, they seem to have yeah, one lap pace. Yeah, Red Bull fans now. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm not definitely not wearing a Ferrari hat this week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was a bit weird, wasn't it? Like we said, you know, Red Bull clearly had one lap pace still, but just they could not get the tyres to work the way they wanted them to this weekend or anywhere near the level that Ferrari could. Uh, I mean, apparently they had brought some upgrades, which made the car heavier again. Um, but that was just because obviously they were trying to experiment with some other bits and pieces. But yeah, just two laps later, though. Max Verstappen jumps into the pit lane.
1: Yeah, and it was, again, a curious one from Red Bull. Obviously, they were kind of fighting a losing battle with 1v2 at the front, but we never really see teams, like front-running teams, pit their driver into traffic, which is exactly what they did with Verstappen. Maybe they thought that all the traffic would just pit, but yeah, he got through it fairly fast. Yeah, But he was behind the likes of Ocon, uh, Hamilton, Russell, like all of the midfield. I think he came out in like eighth place. He definitely wasn't behind
0: Russell because Russell was at the back oh, yeah, by Russell, this point.
1: Russell was at the last. Yeah, I forgot about that. And he got a five second penalty, which we also forgot to mention for taking out Perez. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, Verstappen carved through the traffic fairly quickly, but it, it wasn't an ideal undercut to say the least.
0: <laughs> no, no. I mean, it was a bit strange, but to be honest, I don't think Red Bull had any other choice. I think Max kind of just told him, I'm pitting now. You better service me.
1: Because I just don't think,
0: yeah, like I said, the tyres were working for him. Um, But I think the most impressive thing out of it was the fact that Ferrari didn't panic and immediately box as well.
1: Yeah, Ferrari really took control of the race at that stage because they knew what the fastest strategy was. And it was to go a bit further in on the first set of mediums. So that's exactly what they did. And for once, the Ferrari strategy didn't screw Leclerc over. So (laughs) there we go.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of weird, wasn't it, to sort of see Ferrari not only make a good strategy choice, but actually be confident in it as well, and yeah. just, you know, play their own race, have, knew they had pace in the bag. Um, but then, we probably got to the wildest moment of the race, didn't we, Jamie? Lap mm. 24, things got... let's let's go pod racing, I think is probably the best yeah. way to describe it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had Alonso... Uh, stuck behind Joe. Yep. Uh, I think Alonso had just pitted or maybe he hadn't. I don't really think either them of up. them had yet. No, Joe definitely hadn't. I don't think Alonso had either. But Alonso was like buzzing all over his back end into the final sector, like trying to fake one to the inside of the second last corner, which was interesting. But that, yeah, put Joe offline in turn one. Magnuson seizes the chance on Alonso and goes for it on Alonso while Alonso is also sending it on Joe. Somehow they don't come together in turn one, uh, with three wide momentarily. Um, Joe switches back Alonso Magnuson's taken both of them and then you've got Norris and Mitch. Schumacher involved as well so it was suddenly five cars uh, Joe was like I don't want another DNF so bailed out and also had no DRS so unfortunately went yeah backwards four places in the space of four corners or I guess two corners really um, yeah well I think it was Magnussen stayed ahead of all of them but Norris went from the back of that pack to the very front momentarily, and then Magnuson got him back into Turn 4. But it was great racing for the midfield. And to be fair, all race long, the midfield was kind of crazy. Like, it was so difficult to follow what was going on because there were so many different strategies. But there was always something going on in the race, which is always what you want.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. It is brilliant to see, isn't it, still? You know, I've vocalised this so many times this year. This has probably been one of the best f1 seasons in living memory when you look at how much is going on in the midfield and just how close it is you know it is absolutely mm. fantastic um but yeah absolutely love it and like we said you know a lot of different stuff going on in the midfield and nice to see you know that still pretty much every team every week has got a chance to fight for points um yeah but of course most people just want to focus on the battle going on at the front and that was, of course, that 27. Charles Leclerc pretty much doubles the stint length of Max Verstappen. Finally boxes.
1: Mm. And he went on to do the same... It was basically the same strategy, but just offset by that first by well, 13, 13 laps, laps extra. Yeah. <laughs> which is quite a long... A lot of laps. Um, but yeah, it was fairly obvious that he was just going to catch and pass Verstappen fairly fast. Like... I never really had my hopes up when he came out like five seconds behind on 13 lap pressure tires. Um, and yeah, he caught him and passed him very quickly. I think Max was clever enough to realize that there wasn't much point fighting and ruling in what's left of his tires, trying to fight, trying to hold off Leclerc, especially with Science right there as well, who pit a lap later and was going to be doing the same thing. So
0: Yeah, no, exactly. It just was not a race that I think Max was Verstappen learned quite quickly. You know, it was better to think of the bigger picture this weekend there because, I mean, lap 37, he boxed again uh, and then he was on another set of hearts to try and see him through to the end of the GP. Um, then lap 40, after all his disappointment on Saturday, Sebastian Vettel gets binned off again. You you cannot yes. write it. This time around, it was by Pierre Gasly.
1: Yeah, and Gasly didn't, didn't have a very fun weekend. That was another five-second penalty handed out in the race. Um, yeah, basically the same same classic turn four crash just one car trying to go on the outside of another car the inside car understeers and tips the other one into a spin but this so, one
0: yeah i think was by far and away the most optimistic attempt wasn't it including yeah. hamilton's in 2019 yeah, gasly, gasly should have just bailed out i think gasly was barely going to get the car slowed down into the corner by himself never mind with poor seb being no. <laughs> there on the outside
1: no uh, so yeah not not a great weekend for either I think Seb got quite unlucky but also qualified 20th so (laughs) can't really complain
0: no exactly not not a weekend to remember for Sebastian Vettel or Pierre Gasly there uh lap 50 though of course we have still got a few things going on in the midfield uh, but nothing too dramatic at the moment of course lap 50 Charlotte in again you know he's just been comfortable oh excuse me at the front of the field there um, so he's just going to box, you know, to cover off Max Verstappen once more. And it only took him three laps this time around before he's flown back past Max into the lead. And I guess the real question from there was, of course, was Sainz going to get close enough and actually have the pace and skill uh, to jump Max Verstappen? Um, but, of course, that, that didn't happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately for Sainz, the race winner of the previous Grand Prix, uh, caught up to the back of Max Verstappen, looked like he maybe had a chance into... Turn four um, on the pr- on the very lap it happened, but then his engine completely blew up. Um, another Ferrari power unit problem, um, and he was out the race on the spot. And also couldn't couldn't get out because the cars obviously have no handbrake, and he parked it on a hill. So and yeah, the he, marshals were useless. The marshal, did you see the marshal who he ran put over a with fire a extinguisher, extinguisher and then ran off and yeah. walked off?
0: Oh, like, very very on. amusing. Not, not great, um, not great. But
1: yeah, science. are we counting that as a gravel trap visit? It's been it's been a while for Carlos, but... Uh, I don't but...
0: ever think he actually went on the gravel trap.
1: No, it was an escape road alongside of a gravel trap, but yeah, he, I mean, he did his best to go and find...
0: I think he tried to do the best he could there and had a pretty solid weekend yeah. up to that point, wasn't it? And can we just say as well,
1: Ferrari know how to
0: make an engine blow up still. That was incredible.
1: That was very impressive. The fact and, he, the engine yeah.
0: pretty much ripped apart the chassis around it was a proper yeah. old school, like we need more V10 esque blow ups again. I think I can't what, remember. Like
1: three times a race, someone just blows up and there's a massive smoke. No, I'm, not, I'm of smoke. not saying
0: three times a race, <laughs> I'm saying yeah, the, that's the, what used the, to the be. big plumes of smoke, everything like that. I can't remember which F2 driver it was last year that had one at Monaco. And it's like, imagine waking up in your Monaco high rise as there's smoke <laughs> everywhere, and someone goes, oh yeah, some Formula 2 drivers absolutely blown their engine to pieces that's well, what you the, want the Kimi
1: Raikkonen we could have more uh Belgium I can't I think it was it was definitely in the V10 era 2005-ish yeah there yeah. was I, a I... massive plume of smoke at the top of Eau Rouge and Raikkonen just full flat goes through it at full speed
0: that bit you can kip to be honest yeah. um but I mean yeah even Raikkonen's at Monaco all those years ago you oh, need yeah. big engine blow-ups in Formula One that's what they're there for um <laughs> But unfortunately, though, that was basically the last thing that happened, though, in the Grand Prix, wasn't it, Jamie?
1: There are a few little things that we've that happened that we've just forgotten about, or that weren't in the race highlights. Uh, I quite oh. enjoyed Alonso. Um, yeah, Fernando Alonso, obviously starting basically last after the uh, problem in the sprint race. Um, yeah, came back, was running fifth for a bit. Ah, uh, uh, yes, sorry. And yeah, he had to pit twice in two laps. Uh, otherwise, he could have finished top eight quite easily, maybe top six, um, with his teammate Arcon who finished fifth in the end. But yeah, had to fit twice in two laps, which kind of screwed him because of a massive vibration on one of the sets of tyres. Um, yeah, and also I, I very much enjoyed his overtake on Yuki Snowder. Uh, where <laughs> literally, as he was overtaking him, he wagged a finger uh, because Snowder had just put him on the grass on the entry to turn, or the exit of turn three. Um, yeah, Alonso very much the uh, elder statesman of the grid, putting the numbers on the young man, Yuki. But there we go.
0: Yeah, I mean, a couple of very, very big highlights there, wasn't it? But, yeah, I guess the last thing that really happened was, of course, after Science's issue, uh, Leclerc then started reporting issues with the throttling. you are like, Ferrari can't surely throw this away. Yeah. But luckily, well, I say luckily, for Ferrari, luckily, Charles Leclerc did come through for the race victory ahead of Max Verstappen. There. Lewis Hamilton, third podium in a row this weekend. Absolutely yeah. fantastic display by him. It had a George Ocon. Ocon? I mean, this was someone Ocon we need to bits. mention. Ocon, this weekend, ran the best race that no one's ever seen.
1: Like yeah, We didn't see anything
0: from him all weekend.
1: It was only him getting passed by George right at the end. But, yeah, it's it was a very good, very smooth weekend from Ocon. He's been doing it all year, really. He's barely he's, been out he's the He's mega this year. Um, yeah i mean i think alonso has been very very unlucky otherwise the points gap would be a lot smaller but fair play you can only do what you what you get handed so ocon's doing really well i mean annoys me because i don't like him very much
0: no i know you don't because you're a big ghastly fan but i mean ocon he's ahead of his two-time far more experienced world champion teammate he's got a multi-year deal in place and he's just quietly picking up a p5 out of nowhere and no one's really caring he's living the dream right mm. now in the Formula 1 midfield. And yeah, like we, I mean, we spoke the high praises of Hassel weekend, but Ocon in the Alpine was by far and away the best midfielder. They were clear yeah. with that car.
1: It is a very interesting constructors battle as well um, between, well, basically everyone down from the top three because you've got, well, right now McLaren are fourth, but I think it's fair to say Alpine definitely have a faster car yeah. right now. It's basically um, just
0: carried by Lando.
1: Yeah, so you've got McLaren fourth, Alpine fifth, Alfa Romeo currently sixth, with Haas close behind, and Alf Tauri. So all, all of those will be really interesting to see how it plays out, because obviously a lot of those teams are quite small, so need the budget of finishing as high as possible. Yeah, um, I know. So one to watch through the season, for sure.
0: And I mean, I found it... Let me just try and dig up an interesting stat I uncovered yesterday, Jamie. Over the last two race weekends...
1: So, oh, Haas have outscored everyone. They?
0: Haas have outscored in the last two <laughs> race weekends. Williams, Alpha Tauri, Alpha Romeo, Aston Martin, and McLaren, all together,
1: yeah.
0: nineteen points for Haas, eighteen <laughs> points for all of those other teams is kind of mad. Also goes to show at the moment the fact it's basically the big six: Alpine and Haas that are scoring.
1: Well, in the last two races, yeah. I think Alpha and McLaren. We'll get back there when in a good race weekend for them. But yeah, those other five teams are doing a very good job at the minute.
0: Exactly, exactly. Let's get on then, Jamie. Driver of the day. I think there's a few people to shout out here, isn't there?
1: Yeah, obviously Leclerc won his first ever race from Nos Not Pole. Pol. Yeah. <laughs> good job uh, by him. Yeah, I think... Shout out to the driver day. I would I would mention Mick Schumacher. I think he might actually be my, my proper one. Yeah, have a good Either another him, good weekend. Because he is I I mean, we've we've disrespected Mick Schumacher a lot, deservedly so, for the first half of the season. Um but, but yeah, Mick maybe it's Schumacher, time to put some put some respect on his name.
0: Mick Schumacher is doing the Mick Schumacher and second and a half of his second year in a second season. season. And he's just just suddenly decided now he's gonna upset Dan Tictim again. Yeah, um, best
1: race in Formula 1 for him in terms of finishing. Yes, six. yeah, best result I think ever. Alonso, it's a shame that he had that double pit stop, because without, he could have been...
0: He would have probably been a very good shot yeah. for of the day. Looking through elsewhere, though, George Russell, fantastic recovery. Uh, Hamilton as well, you know, another podium, despite the issues on Friday and Saturday. Uh, Ocon as well, like we just said, you know, we, we can't sing enough of Ocon's praises there. The only other car not to end up a lap down outside of the big three. So did very, very good job done by him. Albon as well was running in the points for a huge part of the afternoon and Mm, just then got pushed out right at the very end there, which was probably heartbreaking for him. But I mean, kind of mad as well when you think there were only five cars on the lead lap at the end, but no one finished more than a lap down. Sebastian Vettel in last there was still only one lap down.
1: Yeah, I guess. Is that kind of mad? I don't know. Because it's a a minute and ten lap, give or take. That's what's kind of mad
0: about it, the fact that
1: But, yeah, so everyone is more than 70 seconds off the winner, but less than 140 seconds. Yeah. Is that mad? I'm I think sure.
0: that's mad. <laughs> I think that's pretty mad when you think about it. You know, it's not often that we end up... Because obviously everyone kind of looked at and goes, oh, well, clearly the big three is still rapid then. But obviously mm. Austria is such a short track and there's so many laps to catch up. Of course you can get yeah. lapped more often around a track like this. But the fact, yeah, that everyone only got lapped once I think is quite impressive. I mean, Latifi would have probably been lapped more, um, but he yeah. retired. Um, but I think yeah, a lot of a lot of different people there that deserve a deserved shout out for driver of the day. But I think yeah, Mick Schumacher probably the one that deserved it most in the end.
1: Yeah, and he got the official one as well.
0: Exactly, that's what I mean. Yeah,
1: yeah. brilliant. Real brilliant quick, weekend. I know it's not in the notes, but I'm gonna spring some trivia on you.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, like the actual trivia section. Okay. So I'm gonna guess it's related then to a, driver of the day. It's not actually, but okay. it's related to another thing that happened, which oh, was. No. Uh, Max Verstappen has overtaken Valtteri Bottas in the all-time podium list. Oh that. no!
0: Oh, yeah, uh, to so think Verstappen is more. now gone.
1: Verstappen now gone up to ninth in the all-time list of podiums. While okay. Bottas is tenth. Okay. Uh, all I want you to do is name the top eight. Oh, lord! And you have 30 seconds. No, one
0: minute. Come on.
1: Okay, one minute, and I'll start the time. And there's there's obviously eight more to get.
0: So I need eight.
1: Yeah, and you're going to start in three, two, one, now.
0: Lewis, Michael, Sebastian, Fernando Alonso, Kimi Räikkönen,
1: Alan Frost,
0: Ayrton Senna. Yep. Is that seven? You've only got
1: one more. Rubens Barrichello. Oh, you actually smashed it out (laughs) in in 17 (laughs) seconds.
0: Get in there! I'm laughing I that. thought that
1: would be harder. I thought you're going to miss Rubens, but fair play.
0: No, Rubens was kind of like my. If I'm struggling towards the end, just guess. I'll take that!
1: Yeah, so very well. Max Verstappen is level at Barrichello actually on 68. Uh, more you, basically, did? you almost did the you did top three in order. I was and yeah, then, just trying to go through at
0: the most wins, yeah. to be honest.
1: Because yeah. I thought if they would have got uh, 60
0: odd, pretty much, well, everyone, well, even up to Prost, wasn't he? He had 50 wins, didn't he? Yeah. So I kind of think surely they would have got 18 podiums.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Top 10 of all time podiums for Max Verstappen and Valtteri Bottas, which I think is more surprising. Uh, I mean, I've 67 podiums and I've, 10 wins.
0: I think the most impressive thing about that, James, is the fact that I got all of them.
1: Yeah, so fast as well. I told you, thirty seconds would have been—you you could have done that easily. What you did? Well, you could have given me so. eighteen
0: seconds, and I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll take that. We'll absolutely <laughs> take that. Speaking of things then that we will absolutely take, let's go over Jamie. Oh, it's no. time for our F1 fancy recap.
1: Yes. Um, I we I have to apologise. This, this is a severe and continuous error in my judgement, because. This was not the final opportunity to play a Mega Driver. But to be fair, my advice got ever a lot of points. So <laughs> if you listen to me, then well done. You probably megaed Max or Leclerc and got lots of points. Um, but yes, the, the gap is actually at the summer break, which is a bit stupid since in the rules it says halfway through the season, which is now, but we'll gloss over that. Um, but yeah, fair play to you mega to Max. <laughs> yeah,
0: you'd never guess Jamie sweats fantasy things, would you? That he actually, he's like one of six people that reached through the rules, rather <laughs> than the rest was making a team at the start of the year, and they basically never <laughs> changing it. it. And we're, we're going to change it up as well for now, we're going to shout out the top 30 each week. Oh, are we? Um, Here we
1: go. Matt plays a mega-driver, so <laughs> he thinks he's big.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, I nailed this week. How many points did you score, Mr. 183?
1: Oh, I've just gone off it, hang on. Uh, I scored with no Mega Driver because I played it in Baku. I scored two hundred and eighty.
0: That's pretty poor.
1: Which is very good with no Mega Driver. <laughs>
0: I would argue it's not. Actually, no. I'd yes. argue that's still really good going. To be honest, I'm sort of yeah. Looking that's at probably it. my
1: highest score of the season.
0: Yeah, I think
1: you would Apart have two hundred eighty. Two
0: hundred eighty was it? Yeah. Yeah. So even if you had Mega Driver, I think you would have scored about three less than me this week.
1: Yeah, yeah, I should check that. I still would have lost you if I'd mega Max, but yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll How many then? Let us let us all know. Ralph, mega driver Verstappen,
0: three hundred and eighty-seven points.
1: Ridiculous. Three hundred
0: eighty-seven.
1: Yeah, I would have got... got one less if I mega Max actually,
0: <laughs> and you didn't, so I smashed you this but
1: week. But my mega driver did get me one more point, so there we go. Ah well, Verstappen got fifty-four points in Baku.
0: But I still smashed it this weekend with 387 points, and I mean the rest of my team was lethal as well. Mega Drive I think to be honest, Mega driver in Max was still the way to go this weekend because of course yeah, yeah. Leclerc at Turbo still scored yeah. mega points. Uh, then I had George Russell, who on lap five I thought, "Well, this is over," uh, but did a fantastic recovery uh, to finish off with 35 points still. Alpine is my team there. Ocon carried that and Alonso got robbed towards the end. I could have probably got 400 points had things gone the right way for a lot of my drivers then. Um, Albon, like I said, almost scored points. The only reason I know that was because I was watching him all day long (laughs) on my fantasy league. And then Kevin Magnussen as well, you know, another solid weekend for the K-Mag. So yeah, 387 points. I will take that. And it then means... Out of our league now of nearly 4,500 people, we're both back inside the top 1,000. We're both back inside the top 750, I think, Jamie.
1: I'm well in the 750, yeah.
0: What, what position are you in?
1: I am 575th.
0: How many points have you got?
1: How do you... Oh, it's at the bottom there. 2,036.
0: So I'm 30 points behind you, and what... 570, if you say.
1: Yeah, 575. I,
0: I'm 160 places behind you.
1: That's pretty packed. We are. I mean, it will will just be an all distribution, to be fair. Yeah, that Um, is kind of mad. Yeah, but I think we're quite a long way off the top, to be fair.
0: We we certainly are. Are you going to give us a rundown (laughs) of this week's results, or do you want me to do this week's
1: and you'll do the overall? I'll do to it because. Yeah, it was a very good week, generally, in fantasy. Um, All the drivers that everyone owns did quite well. I mean, there's
0: so many... Everyone listened to you and used their Mega driver this week. I know. Everyone inside
1: the top 80 used a Mega. I'm aware of the effect that I have on F1 fans. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But we have Hubert K. from Poland on 409, which I think is probably the highest score we've seen all season. Got to be right up there. certainly up there with, yeah, Mega, Max, Turbo, Leclerc, did have, is that the same team as you? Uh, Ocon, Magnussen, Not Albon, quite, And then Ferrari as his team.
0: Not quite the same as mine. Obviously, he's got Ocon instead of George and then oh, Ferrari yes. instead of Alpine.
1: Right, that's the way to go. Get your, get your team changed to that. Uh, we've got then Jonah B tied with Shady H in second and third. Uh, I'm guessing very similar teams, but uh, Bottas instead of Ocon for both. Bottas instead of Albon, sorry, for both of those. Uh, we've got Peter... The Greek in fourth, tied with Alexia and Petros, or another Greek in fourth, in tied in fourth place with Giga Kubica, <laughs> a Polish <laughs> driver, in seventh, tied with Valerik, uh, Adam P, and Floris, running out the top ten, all on three nine eight or more, which is ridiculous. Four hundred points,
0: points to get you inside the top ten is kind of insane. Yeah.
1: At this stage of And that of the was year. ten points off. Ten Wait, points no.
0: off a shout out.
1: What you? What were you on? Three eight seven. Yeah, so you were, you were 11 points off of a shout-out on your own podcast. On my own podcast.
0: Shame. And I mean, to be fair, <laughs> loads of people are tied P18 as well, just in front of me. Yeah. So had I scored four more points, I would have been tied 18th at the end of this week, Yeah. which is kind of mad. And weirdly we'll enough... Down to earth next
1: week, don't Yeah, worry.
0: so many people tied. I was only tied with one other person, and that was another Greek guy. Uh, who... Well, your, your
1: team's very strange, isn't it? Yeah, so, my
0: I'm team surprised. is very strange, who had a completely different team to me as well, which is kind of mad. Uh, let's give you guys a rundown then overall, because now, of course, Jamie's scared everyone into using their Mega Driver. <laughs> um, and
1: everyone has, basically.
0: <laughs> it now means that Max T, Mansell's moustache, is absolutely <laughs> destroying everyone. He's now 171 <laughs> points clear of Tim.
1: He came 55th in Austria, by the way.
0: What, with whilst using his Mega? Yeah, How he was. is he so good yet yeah, so mediocre all the same time?
1: Well he had Latifi ah, a, and Vettel. That's okay. that's
0: a bit of an L. That was, and he's still
1: winning everyone. Wow. He's still
0: destroying everyone this year there. Two thousand five hundred and fourteen points. Where would that rank him globally, Jamie?
1: I will have a research while you keep on going. I
0: will keep rattling through scores then. Uh, Tim, yep, still in P2 there. Unfortunately, yeah, lost his top spot. We always knew he would once Max uses his mega. Uh, Bryce in P3, ahead of Larry, who dominated the early stages of the year. Carlos in P5, still ahead of a trio of Indians. Uh, Dipam, Tayby, actually Tayby's got two teams there in 7th and 8th place, uh, with Alam Britis. In P9 there, with Ren and R rounding out the top 10, so you'd need 2,270 points currently if you'd want to make it into the top 10 of our league. Where would 2,514 points place you overall, Mr. 183?
1: Out of 1.5 million people in the Global League, Mansell's mustache is first by 60 points.
0: What?! Fair play. That's a round actually of no. This has right got to be
1: wrong. Wait, the rankings messed. Oh, up.
0: you know the ranking will be glitched. So yeah, apparently the guy right.
1: in fourth has nineteen hundred points, and the guy in fifth has two thousand four hundred.
0: Okay, so we don't quite know where Max. is We don't is know then quite
1: where, where he, w- but it says on my list right here that he's first. Okay, so. fair play to
0: him. It normally the the fancy league like only recovers on about Wednesday. it does say
1: rank one when you click on him so maybe he is first fair play
0: maybe he is still we we don't quite know because it often archives (laughs) who's in other leagues first so you can sort of see them as well but i mean fair play max if you are leading overall and you you've got a spare ticket you want to invite me out to or if you don't want either of them (laughs) i can bring jamie i suppose as well but fair play if you are leading overall mate you are absolutely slapping that at this stage of the year uh, do we jump then, Jamie, into our prediction recap? Can we remember what we predicted? I think we both predicted a I Max domination, can. didn't we?
1: Uh, yeah. So we both predicted a Verstappen pole. No, we didn't. You predicted Leclerc pole. I
0: predicted Leclerc pole, so that's immediately which didn't happen. Yep. So there's
1: two points to me. Yeah. Uh, we both predicted a Verstappen sprint win, which did happen. Two so points so that to makes both it, of us. Yep, four-two to me overall so far, and then. You went for a Verstappen-Leclerc-Perez, I believe.
0: Yep, so two more points for me. Brought me up to four yep. overall.
1: I went for a Verstappen-Perez-Science, which got only two DNS. Two
0: points for you. Only one it's point only for you, for me.
1: sorry. Oh yeah, one point. Oh no.
0: So you only gained one point this week. Which yeah, I th-
1: but given that I'm already 12 ahead...
0: Let me just see it, how this affects yeah. the scores on the doors.
1: So, I was on 40 and you were on 28.
0: And you're now on 45 against me on 32.
1: Yes. So, my gap has extended, much like Max Verstappen's championship lead has also extended this weekend.
0: Yep. Yep. Fair play. Fair play to Jamie 183. Um, and yeah,
1: we'll leave our France predictions until next podcast next week. Yes. Um, yes, we yeah. will slapping it so i have the predictions you have the fantasy even i'm winning i'm beating you in that. you're well,
0: beating so. me on fantasy still <laughs> but yeah we, we won't talk about that at the moment um i guess sadly there's only gonna, only really one other thing that we have to talk about this weekend isn't there jamie no From i think there's
1: team. two more things one which one of them's track limits
0: oh yes sorry the there's there's a couple <laughs> more things uh, sadly most of what we have to talk about to end the show this week are unfortunately negatives um before we do those though, let's give it a race rating out of 10. Silverstone was a solid 9.5. For me yes. Austria was an
1: 8.5. I didn't think it was as good as that. Maybe I'm being harsh. I think everyone's got,
0: being harsh because last week was We so got
1: treated good. at Silverstone. I will go for a 7.
0: A 7? There were cars really, almost 5 wide.
1: Yeah, one, one lap. Like, that doesn't make a race. It, I don't know. Okay. It, it wasn't that intriguing in the front battle because I can't you like after the first stop, so you yeah. can't what's gonna happen. I
0: feel like I might focus too much on the midfield and everyone else focuses too much on the race lead. Um Maybe. so I, I guess we'll we'll discuss that. Um sadly though, unfortunately, the whole weekend was kind of overshadowed, wasn't it, Jamie? Um, with some fans just taking things a bit too far.
1: Yeah. And F1 had to release a statement on Sunday morning, uh yeah, fans doing well acting in very very embarrassing ways um racially abusing people in the paddock uh yeah just generally being very very stupid um i don't know what action they actually took on the in the paddock in terms of like they could have like kicked them out or make arrests and stuff i, guess. I thought it was just
0: around the event not in the paddock specifically
1: not in the paddock sorry yes in the in the in the event as in like fans there so a very big shame um i don't know like from races I've been to, there isn't like there's obviously security around, but there's no like police or anything. So no, no. I, I don't I, quite know how they're going to solve that. I like think than just tell fans to not be stupid.
0: Yeah, I think we probably might see changes, won't we, over the next few years? Especially you know, it's very very difficult, isn't it, to sort of point blame in one direction or another, isn't it, in these situations? But it's mm. generally small groups of different fan bases, and I can also completely understand, you know there's probably a lot of people there going this is two white men complaining about racism and sexism that they're Mm. not included in uh we obviously you know like any any sensible person we are both completely against it and Mm. can also completely understand that we won't be exposed to a lot of the negatives around it in formula one so
1: it makes it more difficult for us to speak into it because
0: it is yeah very very difficult of course for us to sort of you know, we, we, we can only sort of say, you know, it's very, very bad and we completely are against it, just like everyone else. Um, but it is still, you know, unfortunately, it's not something we get exposed to on Grand Prix. Or we, mm. at least we haven't ever been exposed to it before at Grand Prix weekends. And obviously, we, we hope that continues. But obviously, we, you know, F1 is an inclusive sport. Uh, you know it always should yeah. be, and uh, we always hope it will continue to be uh, in the future. So you know, if you are, if you're someone that might struggle to control themselves, if you've had a few too many to drink, it's very simple. Don't Dr- don't drink so much. You know, have a fun weekend by all means, but don't ruin it for someone else because it is frustrating and it does well. Mm. Uh, not frustrating, it's just abhorrent, uh, and yeah, puts a bad light on the sport as well. So you know, if if you know people around you as well that might be like that. Please speak up to them because, you know, this issue, you know, we, we've just said, you know, it's not an issue that affects us personally. Doesn't mean by any means that we can sort of try and bat an eyelid or look away from it either. Yeah, unfortunately. And yeah, not not what you want from a Formula One race weekend. Not at all. No, let's um, let's talk about the other thing we don't want from a Formula One race weekend is the confusion over penalties, uh, it kind of got a bit ridiculous this weekend, didn't it, Jamie?
1: It did, but I think, from what I've seen, everyone everyone with any sense, at least, is is fairly happy that they're clamping down. Yes, completely. This think, is the weird thing, think, isn't it? Yeah. I do think, it, uh, especially in the F2 race, uh, it was slightly ridiculous at some times because those drivers were going off a bit more. Um, but basically, the rule was, as far as I understood, you can get three lap times deleted, which means you've gone off once. So basically, three warnings... Then the fourth warning, you get a black and white flag. Fourth and warning then, is
0: a last chance.
1: Yeah. And then the fifth time, you get a five-second penalty and a penalty point. Yes. <laughs> which is... Yeah. And then the sixth time, you would then get another five-second penalty. Yeah. So it's just penalties every time after that, which in F2 uh, was a bit... I mean, it almost chaotic.
0: cost Oli Caldwell his F2 career. Um, because
1: he's on... Well, he got one... Five-second penalty, which gave him got him up to ten penalty points for the year. I thought so if was he was up to eleven more, now. Yeah, no, because the second time round it was a two penalty points. Oh, was so it got harsher? Right. Okay, yeah. so he was one corner cut away from getting suspended.
0: <laughs> which is, I mean, I, the penalties in the race I completely agree with. The off-track penalties, when it's you're running a foot out of the white line, I feel is a bit too extreme. You know, if you're running half a foot over a white line somewhere like that, it's are you really a danger on the circuit? Should you be getting a race ban? You know, I
1: don't think the penalty points are there. Like, that doesn't really make. I don't think they should be there. Sorry, no. because if you... it's not. It's not dangerous driving. It's no. just either a mistake or you trying to drive fast, and you shouldn't. Be, you shouldn't be getting points on your license for that.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a difficult matter, isn't it? On that hand, on the other hand, though, I completely do think it's fair. You know, everyone was told before the weekend these were the rules, and it was policed fairly when you. Exclude Perez and then reinclude Perez again later on. That's yeah. where things got a bit confusing. I am completely for as long as they're consistent penalties and warnings being dished out like this.
1: Yeah, I think there could be a slight bit more leniency if you can demonstrate you lost time. Yes, which I think Norris complained of afterwards. He got a five-second penalty late on, and I think we missed it as one, well, didn't he? I didn't see that one, but Norris would have been sixth, but got a penalty for going wide at turn one, where he definitely lost time, but still got the penalty, which I feel a bit for him, but yeah, I think if you can demonstrate, if you lift off afterwards, or if you definitely lost time by just making a mistake or something, then maybe not get a warning for that. It's almost like f1 game that we've played for years yes yeah it is quite funny isn't i used it? to go off all the time with yeah. left off, and it, i never got warnings no
0: exactly i mean it is quite funny isn't it sort of seeing the f1 drivers complain about something we've had to put up within the game for yeah. years at this point never forget when strict corner got got put in back on f1 2015 Amazing. um but yeah i mean like you said as long as they're consistent with it i don't personally see an issue with it um but yeah maybe maybe it'll teach them to stay between the white lines from now on
1: yeah hopefully, hopefully. um France coming up so that'll be interesting
0: yeah I mean we'll wait and see when we get back to La Castellet eh? is there anything else to add though Jamie before we both melt completely in our seats
1: I think that about wraps us up
0: I think we've done uh, a yeah. pretty good job this week
1: I need to go and open a window
0: <laughs> fair enough we'll we'll wrap it up there then thank you all to everyone uh that has once again listened to the show if you have enjoyed please do make sure you know if you're listening on spotify you give us a follow make sure you subscribe down below as well and we will return like we said next week then ready for the french grand prix preview